This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where state government is closed in honor of Veterans Day. State lawmakers have done almost everything they can in recent years to try to make this the most veteran-friendly state in the country and to help people who leave the service make the transition to the civilian workforce. Our mission is to, or rather our duties are to market the state to veterans, both in the state and across the country. Uh, to assist veterans who are seeking employment, assist employers in hiring veterans, not just in helping them find them, but in how do you hire them? How do you, how do you translate their resume into uh, the employer's uh, uh, skills needs? Florida needs those veterans because there is a shortage of skilled labor here in the Sunshine State. Florida really never has an unemployment problem as much as we have a skills gap. We have almost 300,000 jobs open in Florida right now that can't find qualified people to fill them. Mark Wilson and the Florida Chamber of Commerce have an ambitious goal of creating one and a half million new jobs by the end of the decade. But thanks to COVID-19, they actually need to create about two million jobs to make up for the ones that disappeared during the pandemic. Speaking of COVID, the state reported more than 4,000 new cases Tuesday and 69 additional fatalities. Our positivity rate is the highest it's been since August. The Miami Herald has one hell of a story about the governor's latest hire to analyze COVID data. He is a sports blogger and Uber driver from Ohio, whose only relevant experience is spreading conspiracy theories on the Internet. Sounds like a perfect match for Team DeSantis. Florida Senator Rick Scott has been selected to lead the National Republican Senatorial Committee. His first test will be in Georgia, where there are two runoffs and control of the U.S. Senate is up for grabs. Normally, at this point of the rundown, I would say something to tease the calendar of political events, but nothing is scheduled today because of the holiday. We will, however, have your daily dose of Florida Man, although in this case it's a Florida woman masturbating by a dumpster, and she is a repeat offender. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, November 11th. This is Veterans Day in America. It was originally called Armistice Day to honor Americans who served in World War I. Can you believe they called that the war to end all wars? We were just getting started. Veterans Day now honors vets of all wars in which the U.S. has fought. Florida's COVID crisis continues with another day of more than 4,000 new infections. The health department confirmed 4,353 new cases of COVID-19 Tuesday. That increases the total to more than 852,000 statewide. There were also 69 additional fatalities. The death toll is now 17,460. And for the second time this month, the state's testing positivity rate was 8.3 percent, the highest level since mid-August. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says our actual death toll may be as much as 25% higher than the official number. But Governor Ron DeSantis is doing what he can to minimize the crisis because, well, it's bad for business. And his latest hire may have been brought on board to do exactly that. The Miami Herald reports that Kyle Lamb of Columbus, Ohio, has few qualifications for his new job at the state's Office of Policy and Budget. In fact, Lamb's own website says, quote, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor, epidemiologist, virologist or scientist. The governor's new data analyst is actually a sports blogger and Uber driver whose only relevant experience is spreading conspiracy theories about COVID-19 on the Internet. Lamb claims masks do not prevent the spread of coronavirus, that lockdowns are ineffective, that hydroxychloroquine can treat the virus, that COVID-19 might be part of a Chinese bio war, that it's not more deadly than the flu, and that the virus is not dangerous for children. All of those claims have been debunked. Sports writers who knew Lamb back in Ohio were stunned that DeSantis would hire him for any position. They told the Herald he's, quote, unhinged, a crackpot, and an amateur basement epidemiologist. And now we get to pay his $40,000 a year salary. 
Florida Senator Rick Scott will head up the National Republican Senatorial Committee for the next election cycle, and he has his work cut out for him. Republicans will be defending 21 Senate seats in 2022. But his first test will be the runoffs in Georgia next month for two Senate seats that will determine which party controls the Senate when Joe Biden becomes president. Scott's office issued a statement saying, quote, I'm honored my colleagues entrusted me with this responsibility, and I look forward to the challenge. Keeping a Senate majority is vitally important to the future of this country and to preserving the American dream. Scott's also considering a run for president in 2024, so this gives him the chance to raise his national profile and ingratiate himself with Senate Republicans who have to run for re-election. Next up on Sunrise, we'll talk about recruiting veterans for Florida's workforce, a plan to add 1.5 million jobs by the year 2030, plus another half million just to make up for all the jobs lost to COVID-19. But first, a word from our sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back to Sunrise. There are more than one and one half million military veterans in the state of Florida. Only California and Texas have more. Joe Marino runs a non-profit group called Veterans Florida. Their job is to help military vets transition to civilian life and promote Florida's status as the nation's most veteran-friendly state. Florida's always, ta- always taken the lead on military issues, whether it's, uh, whether it's property tax breaks or whether it's uh, veterans' preference uh, um, uh, allow- allowable for employers to implement. The legislature, as part of the Florida GI Bill in 2014, passed a, a large package, and within that package, we were part of it, um, as an opportunity to reach not only veterans that are here in the state um, and transitioning service members who are leaving uh, any of the 21 military installations that, it, that are here in Florida, uh, but to reach out all across the country and, and frankly, the globe to anyone uh, who may be interested uh, in moving to Florida or staying in Florida upon uh, their separation or retirement from the military. Our mission is to, or rather our duties are to market the state to veterans, both in the state and across the country, uh, to assist veterans who are seeking employment, assist employers in hiring veterans, not just in helping them find them, but in how do you hire them? How do you, how do you translate their resume into uh, the employer's uh, uh, skills needs? We also provide a workforce grant for employers uh, that is funded by the state, um, and we administer a veteran entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship initiative. Uh, since many veterans, uh, a higher percentage of veterans, um, uh, have an interest uh, in entrepreneurship than, than even the general public uh, overall. We work very closely with Visit Florida to reach veterans and their families all across the state because it's not just, we're not just targeting one person with this messaging. We're trying to communicate to the military member, uh, their, their family, their spouses uh, on everything that Florida provides. Each year, uh, there are 200,000 transitioning service members out of the service. That is a huge potential pipeline for Florida employers, if we can tap into that. But, you know, if someone 
has never set foot in Florida or is not familiar with it, they, they, they wouldn't know because we're competing against Florida man and, and other, you know, stereotypes of Florida. So we, we try to, to present Florida as a land of opportunity for veterans, uh, military members, and their families. Florida's efforts to find jobs for people leaving the service is good for the vets, but it's crucial for the state economy. Marino was speaking at a forum hosted by the Florida Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber President Mark Wilson says we need those vets because the state doesn't have enough skilled labor to do the jobs that are already available. This has to do with how do we grow Florida's economy? How do we diversify Florida's economy? There's been so much focus in the last decade on tax incentives or just economic development incentives in general. And I think what our research clearly says, you know, all the way back to, you know, the coming jobs war, I think everybody remembers that book, all the way to what we see the future uh, being over the next decade, certainly over the next 20 years, is the talent is literally the most important uh, tool in an economic developer's toolbox. And, you know, you can have a regulatory scheme as bad as California's uh, or a nightmare as bad as Washington State's. But if you have a talented and qualified, diversified workforce, uh, a great workforce can overcome um, a lot of negatives. Uh, Florida has the best quality of life in the country. We have a great tax climate, a great regulatory climate. Uh, and despite our absolutely terrible litigation climate, which we're hoping to, to do something about this next year, um, we do have a great workforce. And we have um, quite a number of jobs that are available in Florida, good jobs. The chamber has embarked on an ambitious program to grow the economy and create one and a half million new jobs by the end of the decade. Wilson says the COVID crisis has made that more difficult, but they are determined to make it happen. The research we did said if Florida was a nation, we would be the 17th largest economy on the planet. Even in the COVID environment, we still believe that if Florida does all the right things and if the business community unifies around them, that Florida can grow to be the 10th largest economy in 10 years. So if you think about it, that's the mission here is what needs to happen to help diversify and grow Florida's economy. We're down about 500,000 jobs since the beginning of COVID. Before COVID, uh, we said we needed to create one and a half million new, net new jobs by 2030. Well, now that we're down 500,000 jobs since the beginning of COVID, uh, what I'd like all of us to talk to our elected officials, our family members, our teammates about is, you know, we need to create 2 million net new jobs, private sector jobs by 2030. That, that's a rally cry we all need to get behind. You can see what the unemployment numbers are doing, but look on the right side here. We have almost 300,000 jobs open in Florida right now that can't find qualified people to fill them. And that's even in this COVID environment. Doesn't mean anybody's doing anything wrong. What it means is it's an opportunity for all of us in the business community to think about how can we get better uh, to share with our workforce partners what our needs are going to be because they're changing rapidly. Uh, but nonetheless, our partners at CareerSource are, are literally um, some of the best in the United States at being able to partner with us and help us project that forward and, and really meet our needs if we can be better partners. But then look at the 770,000 number. Uh, this is the number of Floridians who are unemployed and simple definition of that are people who are looking for work. And so, you know, as we've said now for several years, Florida really never has an unemployment problem as much as we have a skills gap opportunity. 
And so the more that employers can be clear about what skills we're going to need and the more that the providers of workforce training uh, can say, okay, well, now that we know that we can help meet that need, that's going to continue to accelerate uh, Florida's workforce and our competitiveness forward. I think a fundamental clarion call for all of us is if we want to be the 12th most diverse economy in the United States by 2030, and we want to create 2 million more net jobs, then we need to be working together as one, both to understand the future demand, the current demand, as well as the supply. Creating all those new jobs will not be easy in a state renowned for low wages and unskilled labor in the service and hospitality sectors. Wilson says many of those jobs may vanish now that Floridians have voted to gradually increase the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour over the next six years. You know, we now have America's first $15 an hour uh, minimum wage mandate going in our Constitution. And although the first tranche of that takes effect next fall in 21, um, you know, what's going to happen is today, 55% of our workforce that works 30 hours or more a week is earning less than $20 an hour right now. All of them are going to expect more wages uh, once this minimum wage mandate comes into play. The problem is if someone with no skills can earn $15 an hour, you know, then what do you do? Um, You know, do you still get that education and that training? You know, if you can make $15 an hour with no skills, no degree, no certs whatsoever. The Chamber of Commerce fought that minimum wage amendment, but it's now part of the state constitution. And finally today, a Florida woman arrested for masturbating in public a few weeks ago is busted again for the same behavior. Police in St. Petersburg say a 38-year-old homeless woman by the name of Vanessa Lee Jones was completely naked at 10 in the morning as she, well, let's just say flicked her bean next to the dumpster outside of Popeye's Chicken Shop in St. Pete. She was still going at it when the cops arrived. The arrest report says she did not appear to be drunk or under the influence of drugs, and there was no evidence of mental health issues. Jones was arrested on the same charges back in September when she was busted for masturbating outside of 7-Eleven, a short distance away from Popeye's. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 